This is a day of celebration. We've been, we've been walking and journeying together in a season of thanksgiving. We've been talking about taking a time to reflect. And most people don't like to reflect on their past. But I think when we do that, we, we want to think it's all bad. And it is not. I don't, even the worst of past, there's always good. And we've been taking time to receive and just remember when that time was that we received the Lord as our Savior. Uh, or we even received those seeds that were planted in our life. Because not everyone is saved. But there's people here that might not be saved. You know those times like I did when there were seeds planted in my heart about the Lord Jesus. You know those times. And then we talked about a season of sharing. Well, well what do we do? We share out loud. I mean, we, can, we don't just share in our heart. Oh, Yay. No, we share out loud. Some of, we, some of us are going to do that today. And then we share with a joyful heart. We give. We give of ourselves as an overflow of what God is doing in our heart. And how do you do that? Now, listen, this is, this is like today's the day that we're being an example of that. How do you do all of what we've been talking about for the last four weeks? Through a heart and a being of celebration. Of celebration. See, Bud's not in the room, is he? I, is he over in children's worship? Bud, your son. Bud, I love Bud. I mean, I love everybody, but I mean, I love Bud. Because he's just, he, he'll, he'll look at me and he'll go, sometimes I look at you and I wonder, where are you coming from? And, and, and what he's saying, and what he's saying, and this ain't on me, but I always want to be an example of being an example. Seriously, I, I try my best to do that. And he said, because you, you like, you just seem like to have the joy of the Lord. And, and you know what? I hope so. <laughs> you know, I, I hope so. It takes time though. It doesn't just happen. It takes time of prayer and reflection. And it's not time that you, you guys, it's not time that, um, I have to do. It's time I want to do. And I, and I hope we have a reflection of that today. Amen. Who likes gifts? Oh, I see some hands. You know, we had a little uh, uh, Christmas gathering last night. And anyone ever played the, the, the uh, Christmas um, party where you give a gift and, and, then, and then you really love it and then someone can steal it? Who's ever played that game? It's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's just wrong. <laughs> but... But the reason I kind of like it, well, I don't like it. I don't, I just said it's wrong and I like it. But, but it just shows our, our, our nature. We have this emotion in us that's real. And it does bring out, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I like it, you know, but, but it, but it does show us who we really are inside. And we do have emotions. We do have feelings and we do get hurt in life, but God is always there. And so just for that, I, I, in a sense, I like that game because it gives you the opportunity to talk about it and to bring it out and just to say, you know what, that is a part of us. So again, who likes gifts? Who likes gifts? Let's see, right there. Would you come here? Can you come up? Because you answered me earlier and I like that. I asked him a question. He was willing to talk to me. So you like gifts. So this is a gift. Now, will this cost you anything? Yeah, because if, if it costs you something, it wouldn't be a gift, would it? So I'd like to give you this gift. Okay, would you open it? And tell everyone if you like it or not. Do you like that? 
Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to ask you one question. Are you going to share it with anyone? Uh, yeah, okay. Have a seat. Thank you very much. When we receive gifts, we are created in the image of God. And I know we have a sin nature. Sometimes we wonder if what we're getting is real. Sometimes we, you know, you know what I'm saying. When we interact with people and things like that, we just wonder and we question. Um, well, yeah, are they being real? You know, are they being fake? Are they being false? Today, this morning, we, we need to get over maybe some of those things a little bit. God wants to present to us some gifts this morning. I know I'm taking some time to set this up, but I'm telling you, he does. Receive them. Receive them with joy and thanksgiving. Hear what he wants to speak into our hearts. Hear what he wants to say. And, and you know, a simple gift, and it doesn't have to be physical, but it, it, it gives an example, you know. A simple gift is like just saying, thank you, Jesus. Right? Thank you, Jesus. Now, with that said, for right now, we're going to have just one testimony. We have a mic, right? Yep, thank you, Jerry. I would like for someone, just, just uh, uh, for right now, just a short testimony that you would say, I thank Jesus, I thank Jesus for allowing me to get through my past and allowing me to see that he's given me a future with a hope. Who would, who would give a testimony to that? Meaning, speak of that. Someone speak to that. Who would? I thank God for for allowing me to see that I can get through my past and I have a future in him. Okay? And I don't know your name. I'm sorry. Danny. Danny. Thank you, Danny. Okay? I thank God for showing me the lowest of the lows and giving me the strength to overcome them every day. Okay. He can show me as low as he can send me. And then he picks me right back up and shows me that all along the way, he had given me the tools that I needed, but not the understanding of the tools. And, that, and that's as it goes, isn't it? As it Woo-hoo! goes. Amen. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Who here would say you find it hard to uh, express, if you will, who Christ is? In you, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like you find it hard to to speak aloud, maybe, or uh, to share with others, uh, maybe that you were saved or that God is good and that you do have a thankful heart. Um, would you be a little transparent this morning to say, you know, that's that's kind of me. I'm a little introverted, and that's kind of me. Would you be a little? I mean, it's not something. Yeah, who who would say, you know, Pastor Tony? I ha- I have no problem doing that. Matter of fact, I'm a ten in that area. And woohoo! I got. It. Who would say that's you? Okay, every one of you come up front and, uh, no. And, and, and most people are somewhere in the middle, right? You know, who, you know, some, most people are in, in the middle in that. Um, but, but again, this is a time of celebration and I want us to share. And so here we go. We're gonna, uh, take the mic, uh, Miss Jerry and let's, uh, let's take a time of Thanksgiving. Uh, if you have a time that you can share, especially in the area of Thanksgiving and especially in the area of, of something that's current. Uh, during this time, it doesn't have to be, but I would like, and we would like to hear what God is doing in your life now. What is he doing like, like Danny, you know, what's he doing in your life now? Okay. So, um, Greg, would you please, cause I'm going to get tired. I'm already winded from playing that tambourine. I don't know. <laughs> would you please? Thank you. 
So who, who's first? Don't be shy. Especially the extroverters. You start, start, off, start things going there. Good morning, all. Good morning. My name is John Nunez. I'm one of the deacons here at Four Corners Baptist Church. I'm currently undergoing treatment for cancer. You know, my wife died from cancer four and a half years ago. So I know what to, I knew what to expect, I think. But when it was discovered, my thought was, whatever happens to glorify God. Well, I've lost a kidney so far, and they're still working on parts to take out, I guess. I don't know. But the Lord has been there four and a half years ago when I lost my wife. And for me, since they found this stuff back last June, I can only praise him for supporting me through long nights, through days. But I just praise him for everything he's done. Thank you. That's all I have to say. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And thank you um, for setting that example, too. If you would, if you don't mind, say your name. I don't know quite everyone, and, and probably everyone in the room doesn't know you either. So if you would say your name, it would be awesome. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. In 2013, in the state of Maryland, I almost died. My kidneys and my liver shut down. I spoke with the Lord the first time, most serious in my life. And the answer I got from the Lord was, I'm not finished with you yet. So I got healthy, and I continued on. So I went to University of California's seminary classes and became an ordained minister for the Veterans Administration, as I continue today, even though I'm down here for the winter. (laughs) But I want to thank the Lord every day of my life. And I thank the Lord for what he continues to do for me, and I know it. And the only thing I ask is that each one of you share what I'm doing and feel the way I do about our Lord. Thank you very much. Greg? Thank you, sir. And what was your name, sir? Edward Taylor. Edward Taylor. Thank you, Edward. Yeah. Don, would you share, please? And I think you can use his mic, right, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, you can stay there if you mic, like. My mic can, is good. Yep, you're yeah. good. Well, good morning. You usually see me up here, and I'm leading worship when I come down to the church. I'm so thankful to have this church and to have such a wonderful friend in Larry Poe. My name is Don Schoonover, by the way. And this is, and Larry Poe that's over here, we have been friends for 24 years. And we have been worshiping Christ for 24 years with our instruments and our voices. And I am thankful every day for that. I had to write what I was going to say today, as Pastor Tony asked me if I would say something, because um, I had recently gotten out of the hospital going in 
thinking that I was going to find out what they were going to do with the cancer that I have in my brain, in my head. While I was sitting in bed in the hospital, I had a heart attack. And when I had the heart attack, um, it was it was quite an eye-opener. And, and I'll try and make this short, but I do want to bless you with some of the things. We were talking about sharing, Tony. Mm-hmm. And when... You had asked me to share this. There are so many times in my life that I've had the opportunity to share, but I've also been given given it in, in ways that you don't always know are coming. Um, Ezra Taft Benson said, The degree to which I am blessed staggers me. The degree to which I take that for granted shames me. I want you to think about that. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, Paul was preaching to the Thessalonians at this particular part. And he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When I awoke and they had me laying there on my bed and there were little baby gorillas jumping up and down on my chest. Um, there was an angel looking me in the face. Her, her face was not, not this far from mine. And she was saying, come back to us, Mr. Schoonover, come back. It's not your time yet. She said, come back. And then Mark 16, 15 said, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel in every creature. I believe that there is a profound difference between believing in God and knowing God. The intimacy with which we know him creates the relationship. Share him every chance you get. And I have found instances where I have been at work, where I have been somewhere else, and something will click between me and that other person, and I will feel it upon my heart that God is telling me that I should share his gospel with him. And there are so many times when those people will turn around and they will tell me, you know what? I know God, but I forgot God. We take God sometimes and we put him on a shelf. We take him down when we need him, but then we just put him back up there. And he should always be right in here inside each and every one of us so that we can go forward. That nurse told me that day, she said, he's not done with you yet. I'm going, wait a second. I didn't tell anybody I was a Christian. Yeah, I'm in the hospital, and, you know, you put that on your your forms when you get there, right? I'm a Christian. But I didn't know her from anyone. And she said, he's not done with you yet. There is more for you to do here. That was That was powerful to me. I wrote to Larry after I got out, and as a matter of fact, Pastor Tony had shared with you a little bit of this, but I'm going to read you verbatim. I wrote this on Facebook. This isn't on a a Christian uh, website or a a bunch of people that normally are churchgoers, but I wrote this on there to the audience that I had of friends and such. And I said, when you are almost gone, when your arms feel too short to reach him, 
When you are surrounded by the violent torrent of waves pulling you under, he is with you. I awoke this last week just after having a heart attack to see the face of an angel pressed closely to mine. A squirrel, a swirling cacophony of people. Cacophony, you know what that means? Did you pass out the seatbelts this morning? <laughs> These are powerful words now. <laughs> a swirling cacophony of people working to save my life. They did not know me, yet all had a simple purpose, to save my life. It was surreal watching them through the veil between heaven and earth. Lord, I will praise you in this storm. You are the creator of heaven and earth. Surely there is more for me to do. Lead me, Lord. And that is exactly how I felt after this heart attack. I wasn't mad. I was, lead me, Lord. Take me and use me in some way. My ministry has always been through music and sharing the gospel with others. From when I was nine years old, I started learning, you know, under a bushel basket, I'm going to let it shine. A lot of the the songs that we learn uh, when we're first coming into the church and first learning about Jesus and God. As I grew, when I became, uh, I was 17 years old, and I had the opportunity to go to Japan and Okinawa as a missionary, as a young missionary. And I traveled all over Japan from the top to the bottom. And what was odd is people would stop me. If they somehow heard me talking with someone about Christ, they would come up to me and they would say, may I talk to you about Jesus And right there in the subways, is there anyone here that's ever been to Japan and has been on that? Okay, we've got a few people here. And when you're riding the subways, the subway system is amazing, but it's this this swirling bunch of people getting on and off, and they've all got a purpose, and they're all driven to go places. They have men that are standing there that are called pushers in their language that have white gloves on, And they literally push people into these subways to get them to go where they were going. As they were pushing me in one time, I thought to myself, that's what God is doing with me. God is pushing me to share the gospel with others. And as I walked amongst the people and I shared the good news of Christ Jesus, the good news of of our Father in heaven. It opened me up to a whole new world. I went on from there and went from Japan to Okinawa. And after that, I spent time in Haiti. I spent a good amount of time over two summers talking with the people of Haiti. Some of them were saved. Some of them were not. Some were the poorest of the poor. You can't imagine poverty like this. My my good friend was here from... Uh, from the Dominican Republic, Mike Williams. Mike Williams and I missioned in Haiti together. I will tell you that I have seen Mike in his underwear, and it was not pretty. (laughs) That is something between he and God. I didn't need to see that. No, we, we shared a room together, and we had a great and a wonderful time. And to this day, we are still good friends. I went to bless the people in Haiti, with the gospel, and I wound up being the one who was blessed. Missionaries will find that as they go out into the fields. 
you're going to go out. You're going to share the gospel. You're going to share something that will lift somebody up because it's on your heart. You don't know why, but God places it there. I'm going to leave you with share the gospel every chance you get. Be Christ-like. Live in humility. God's Spirit leads us to un- leads us to humility. You can recognize His Spirit by what it prompts us to do. And always remember that your present situation is not your final destination. The best is yet to come through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This week, go out and share the gospel. You need to be careful when you, when you say it, only because you need, you need to be sure people are tuned in, and I think you are. And um, I'm convinced that it takes uh, either a time of tragedy or a time where you get to the very bottom in your life for some reason to, to kind of like, I'm going to say get it, you know, what life is really about. Uh, especially as a believer. And no one likes a hard time. No one likes tragedy for sure. And and uh, we, Pastor Paul and I were just talking about this. You know, when, when tragedy comes or, or health issues happen or things like that come our way, uh, I know God's God. I can't speak for him. But I, I really believe that the mostly, for the most part, for the majority of the time. And God doesn't cause that. But it's how we we purpose what comes out of that, how we engage God in it. And how we grow closer to Him. And it's in those times that that we have an open heart and an open mind and we're willing to hear His Word and His Spirit. And this is what's hard to say. And I, and I, I, I think I can say this, Don. I mean, we're being very transparent this morning. Correct me if if this is not what I think your heart would be, because I know personally, from personal experience, even though it's hard to say this, and all that you're going through and have been through, you would do it all over again to be as close to God as you are. Is that a true statement? It is a true statement that even in the moment of when things look darkest, Thanking God. So, amen. Hello. Um, good morning. Uh, my name is Marilyn. I moved to the United States 26 ago. I'm from Costa Rica. Um, I passed more time in this country, like in my country original. And I passed a lot of situation here in America. I have one daughter. I suffer a lot, but I put something in my brain every day. God is with me. In the darkness, in the day, whatever happened, if I have food, roof, or clothes or no clothes, God is with me. Every day I repeat that. And I say, all the people in the supermarket, where I go, I said, if you don't have a God, you don't have nothing. If you have a God, you have everything. And I growing up my daughter in Christian way, and she's exceptional daughter. 
And I see how God many times put you down because it's the only way to stop your brain and stop your life. Um, and after that, he give you the hands and you're walking with God and you see everything beautiful. And you see your neighbor like you never paid attention. It's beautiful, beautiful people. And you start, you know, say, thank you, God, for everything I don't see before. And my eyes is closed now. And doesn't matter if you are woman or man or handsome or, or different, the another culture or whatever. God loves his children and he do it the best for, for them. And thank you because no, also I love this country. I die for this country. I die for all the people here. And God put me here to love everything. So yes, only this is my testimony, but I hope uh, somebody stays suffer today. You know, just only put your knees down and pray with a strong pray. And I sure, I give you my 100% sure, God hear you. Because when I come in at this country, I don't speak any word in English. And God, every day I said, God, open my mouth to the people understand me. It's so difficult. So if he do it with me, do it with, with, with everybody. Because God is completely love. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Janetta Smiley. I'm basically new to this area, but um, I also suffered a heart attack about four years ago. So I understand um, the second chance that God gives you. I was only 48 at the time when I had a heart attack. I never would have known that you can have a heart attack at age 48 and not be and be healthy. I, after giving up salt, fried foods, and whatever, I still had a heart attack. But the problem was it was a blockage that we didn't know had been there. But as I lay in the emergency room at 5 o'clock in the morning, there was another lady that came in that was, I, I think she was either DOA or she was about to. But as I started to pray for her, to Lord, let her you let her come, let her stay. Something must. She's fighting hard to stay. So maybe we together. We can, I don't know her. Didn't even see what she looked like. All I know is that I wanted her to survive whatever she was going through because I God had let me see the next day and the other four years so far. And then I came here to um, Four Corners to just be part of the service. I hadn't planned on joining the church. But then as I continued to attend, my mother came down to live with me. My husband and I um, started coming. Well, he's never here, hardly, because he's a truck driver. But when he comes, we're all together. And we were supposed to join together as a couple. Finally, I got tired of waiting on him. You know what? I, I don't need you. I can do this by myself. So I called Pastor Paul and said, look, we're supposed to do this together. I'm all about husband and wife doing things together. We were supposed to do this equally yo, but I'm tired of waiting on him. When God get through talking to him and he make up his mind, he'll come on in. But since I've been here, I got approached, do you, um, do you have a job? And I said, no. 
And I said, what do you need me to do? He said, how are you for children? Well, I don't like children because I'm not around children, you know. I said, but what do you need me to do? And he said, well, give it a try and see where we'll go from there. Then I thought about it. We had Bible, uh, the, the Bible study class, Vacation Bible School, and I felt bad because that would have been my opportunity to get to know children their behavior and whatever, and my mom had been pushing me to go to the school system. No, because I would lose my job the same day I get it as soon as somebody's child <laughs> says something in, in wrong to me because I'm an old school, you know, I grew up with the old school. You, you, you know, you remain silent until somebody says something to you. Until then, you know, you get smacked. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. But Pastor Paul put it to me as a way to make me bring myself out because I'm also one of those introverts. I don't say much either out in public. And talking to him kind of made me um, look into myself a little bit more. And then Bethany, Bud's wife, she's also been a help. And then when I got into the Sunday school with Tara, Tara kind of helped me to see my shortcomings. And looking at her as a teacher She's taught me how to be a little bit more patient, even though we only have the one. Um, that's like being with four children by herself because she's she's at that age where she's energetic. Well, I'm fat 53 years old. I don't have that energy anymore, but <laughs> I'm trying to get there with her. But I just want to say uh, God has really blessed me to come a long way in the short four years from a heart attack to where I am now. And I have a lot of people in that line to thank. But thanking God has always been my number one, and he has always been the light that shined in my life. And I want to continue to do so. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't know your last name was Smiley. That explains it. That whole family has just this awesome smile. I just, like, I love it. Ronnie. Ron Phelps. Um. Thirteen years ago, I found out that God answers prayer in a lot of different ways. Not always the way you want it. Uh, my wife, who's deceased now, went in for surgery, and it was supposed to be a quite lengthy surgery, 12 to 14 hours. And they had to make sure they had another group standing by in case the doctor got tired. Someone else to take over in the surgery. Ronnie, I'm so sorry. Would you take the mic and put it like, yeah, okay. thank okay. you so much. And uh, so two and a half hours after the surgery started, the doctor came out with his clothes all changed and everything. And as they opened, did the surgery, they found out that she had antibiotic cancer. Hmm. So extent that there was nothing they could do for it. They just sewed her back up. And he passed away about four months after that. But at four months, I prayed an awful lot. I prayed for God to touch, to heal. That's what I wanted. She prayed for strong through the time that she knew she was going to have. And to keep her safe. And that was her prayer. 
he didn't answer my. He did in a way because he did keep her out of pain, and he took her home to him. Uh, but she stayed strong. Be frank with you, people felt that she was one of the strongest women they'd ever seen because she made all of her own funeral arrangements because she didn't want me to have to go. She even walked up to the, the choir leader, the gentleman that sang in the church, and said, gave him a list of songs, and he said, what's it? She said, that song you're going to sing at my funeral. And God took her away, and she never suffered too much. He put her into where he took care of her. And I praise God for that. Yeah, I would have liked to have her around. But God had other ways of answering prayers. So I praise him for, I know he does answer prayers. Not always the way I want them, but I know he answers our prayers. Thank you. If you've not had an opportunity to give a testimony this morning, there will be opportunities uh, in the future. Uh, go tell someone at racetrack, right, Don? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or here, I mean this. <laughs> um, but I do want to make this statement. If you're here this morning and you just know that you know that you know that you know that you're supposed to say something, God put on your heart, this is your last opportunity. And then I'm going to give it to Mike and then Pastor Paul. So if you feel that God has something on your heart, you're supposed to share with this congregation right here? Okay. Uh, I want to give that opportunity and, and then we will... Um, sing another song, and I'm not going to say we're going to conclude our time of celebration because I hope we leave out of here celebrating. My name is Erlinda Irizarry. Um, I just relocated in the state of Florida three months ago. But uh, the first month, um, I I was praying, praying that I, I need place. I need place to come to to adore, to come to a, to a, a worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Then um, I said, well, every day I walk, walk. This was my uh, my time uh, because I like to walk in the mornings, early in the mornings. It's my time to, that I say my time, uh, my solo with, with Jesus Christ. So um, then I Google, I Google, and then, uh, and then uh, they show me this church. This church me like a three church. I said, no, I'm going to go to this church. And and I came the first Sunday that I came to visit here. And then I feel I feel good. I feel the presence of the Lord. And then I feel that uh, this is the place that God wants me to be. And then uh, that's what I give. Uh, I come with thanksgiving in my heart and uh, praising my lips for our Lord Jesus Christ that, that I say that he had a purpose uh, I'm still missing Chicago. I came from Chicago. I was living all my life there for years there, um, but but I don't miss it, the cold. <laughs> but um, I know God got a purpose in uh, in our life for each of one of us, and I know He got a purpose that He was bring me to the church. He bring me to the state, so I leave everything in His hands. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Good morning, good morning. Uh, my name is Jamie Jones Buchanan, and you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not from around here. I'm from uh, Leeds, England, in West Yorkshire, and I'm here on holiday, or vacation as you all say, with uh, my family, my wife, my four boys, uh, my mother and uh, father-in-law as well. And uh, just before we go, we'll be leaving on Tuesday. I just wanted to praise God and thank him for the work that he's doing right here in Four Corners Baptist Church. Uh, I'd like to thank you for being so welcoming, so hospitable and encouraging to me and my family. I think it's amazing that we can come to the other side of the world and meet other brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, hear the good words, be preached, to be fed, to be encouraged. And especially my four boys, obviously the kingdom of God belongs to such as these and all our children so that we can pass his good word into um, our legacies uh, for his glory into the future. So uh, thank you very much. We'll be leaving on Tuesday, and uh, but you'll be very much in our prayers uh, going forward. Um, just to finish, I came to Christ about 12 years ago. I'm a professional rugby league player, uh, which is a, a sport very much like the NFL. American football, uh, the difference is we don't wear pads, we're a bit tougher. Um, <laughs> and I, I started off in my life where winning was idolatrous, and I thought life was all about winning and about silverware and about money and fame and all the other choppings that goes with being a, a professional sportsman. And in the ecclesiastical sense, uh, God showed me that that was meaningless, that that fades away, dies in tropic. And that life was about glorifying God and using my talent, skills and ability that I was made in his image to glorify him and to build treasure in heaven, um, not on, not here on earth. Uh, and that's what I've been doing ever since, is changed my heart. And we talked a little bit about suffering this morning. And uh, as a professional sportsman, you, you get a bit of physical suffering. I've had plenty of injuries over my time. Um, but there's a, a biblical proverb, the, uh, proverb 17, the crucibles for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. And through some of that suffering in the same way as Apostle Paul in prison or uh, Job in the first two chapters there where he suffers immensely. It was shown that we are tested in our hearts um, through some of our suffering and uh, affliction. So thank you for being so hosp hosp hospitable and uh, we'll certainly be praying about you back home in England. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and we too continue to pray for your family because it, this world... He's got the whole world in his hand. You know, th thank you for sharing that because it brings it to home. Our uh, Duncan, six years old, just a couple of days ago, our, our grandson, Miss Trish, or Miss Trish, I can't, you know, my wife Trish goes, and God's got the whole world in his hand. And our six year old grandson goes, When I get old, I'm going to become an astronaut. And Trish goes, Why? He goes, Because I want to see those hands around that earth. <laughs> I think it's interesting um, how Tony got, Pastor Tony got this started. Everyone has a story. And I guess I wanted to show from the opposite end of my life, I haven't, for my age, I'm in good health pretty much. <laughs> I haven't had any issues. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My father was deacon. I was at church every time the doors opened and closed. Okay, so... Most of my downtimes were because of myself, though, the decisions that I had to, I made. And um, went after the tragedy of 9-11, I'm in sales, and I had many layoffs. You know, in sales, you're about the first to go every time. And I just wanted to say about, gosh, it was six, seven, eight years ago, 
God turned me back to the Word. And I started planning and reading and praying and doing everything that I knew I should have been doing for years. And I just want to let you know, God can still work with you, even though you haven't been through some of the really lows that I've heard today. And today I'm a small group, one of the small group teachers, and I'm I'm growing more today. And I just want to let you know from the other side that he can still use you. Amen. As a boy, I was introduced to Christ. I knew a lot about him. Uh, We lived in a very dysfunctional home. Uh, I would call it religiously dysfunctional. And uh, I memorized a lot of scripture. My motivation was memorize it or get paddled. So I, my name's, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) Pastor Paul. Anyways, I was young once, and but and so I went through the motions, and I, I've shared this sometime. I, I went to Sunday school for seven years without missing a, a Sunday, and I had the little bar with all the little years, but I, I didn't know God. I, I knew about God. I knew a lot of details about God, and I equated him with the turmoil in my young life. So I developed a hatred for him because I grouped him with all of the disappointment and confusion in my life. And uh, I joined the Coast Guard at, uh, at uh, 17 years old, dropped out of high school. My dad and brother encouraged me to join the Coast Guard or I'd end up in jail. And so it was a good move. And I, I grew up in the Coast Guard. And when I was 19, a young lady who I loved very much at the time was a good Christian girl, um, led me to Christ. Now, here, here's the thing. I'd heard the hellfire and brimstone all my life. And I wasn't sure what my plan was, but nobody had really truly conveyed the love of God, the acceptance of God, the grace of God. That afternoon when she shared that God loved me the way I am, I didn't have to change. He actually loved me the way I am. I had no... Uh, recourse. I had no argument for that. And I accepted him. And I'd been to the altar. I'd, I'd been forced to go to the altar. And I couldn't tell you how many times I thought I got saved. But that day, the next day was Sunday. And I went. And when they gave the altar call, I said, God, I'm going to go down. But I want you to change me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet or I'll never talk to you again. That's how confused I had been. Well, after several hours at the altar of just weeping and, and, and just giving God my life, he healed me and started me all over, gave me a fresh purpose to live. I spent 20 years in the Coast Guard saving people. Then I became a nurse, and I spent 25 years saving people. In the last 16, almost 16 years, I've been serving the Lord Jesus Christ as an, an unworthy servant of his, that he would use a confused young boy who hated him to help others come to know his love. Some, some people have asked me, well, how do you like the two different jobs? Because I've kind of done them both together. And I said, well, nursing, sometimes it's easier to fix the pain. I can give you a shot and make you feel better now. 
But I love my boss when I'm at church. And there's been hard times, things that we didn't understand in ministry. And I can tell you, they're going to happen in your life too. When you're serving the Lord, there's going to be things that are going to hurt you. But they make you stronger. And I've uh, spent the last year of my life, year and a half, praying, talking with my wife, talking with wise counsel. And I said, Lord, I, you gave me this desire to do mission work and to travel. Would you allow me to do that? And God has. And he's given us a beautiful opportunity here at the end of the month to have a, a godly man take the mantle and continue the work that's here. And uh, just Friday night, if you didn't know, at the banquet, Mike, the missionary, told me they're starting a medical mission uh, team down there to train the local people on how to do just basic first aid and wound. And I just, I thought, God is so cool. Uh, you've laid some work out. Listen, I'm not retiring from the ministry. You don't retire from the ministry. So I, I just want to serve God in a new way, and, and we will be here to help. And uh, I just thank you for the opportunity. I thank the Lord for an opportunity because I look back on all the times uh, that I, I ran from him too. That's another thing I can tell you. If you're his, you'll always be his. And you can follow him the easy way or you can follow him the hard way. I've said this before. He didn't make Jonah go to Nineveh, but he did motivate him. Thank you. Psalms 145.6. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. God is good. So that's the question before we leave this morning. Is there room in your heart for God to write a story? You've heard a lot of testimonies, a lot of witnesses to God's glory, His goodness, His grace, to His saving grace. The scripture that you see behind me, Revelation 3.20, says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And what that scripture is talking about actually is, is to a believer. Believe it or not, it's talking to a believer and it's, it's talking, I refer to like Greg's testimonies. He, it's Jesus going to a believer saying, you know, I know you already belong to me, but you, you've shut me out. And I'm knocking and, 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 and I want to come in and I, I want, I want to interact with you. But you know, this Bible verse can apply to anyone in this room this morning that God wants to write a new story in your heart that you don't belong to him too because it's but a nanosecond. I, I don't even know. I can't put a time on that, that, that nanosecond that it takes for the Spirit of God to reveal to your heart your need to be saved. And it's only God that can speak to your heart that says, Behold, God says in his word, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart. The Bible tells me, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And for the wages of that sin, that falling short is sin. For the wages of that sin is death. It's not only a physical death, but it's a spiritual death. For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
may seem like foolishness to some, but when the Spirit of God reveals the Word of God, as you heard so clearly, I think, today, you might be in this room this morning. Will you allow God to write His story on your heart? It's a choice only you can make. It's the, it's the only choice that only you can make. So maybe this is your morning that you might come back next Sunday, the Sunday next, and stand and hold this mic and say, I accept the Christ as my Savior. So we're going to have a word of prayer. and You know, you know I think in, after talking with dozens of people, if God is working in your heart in that way, you've already repented and believed at this point. So when we pray, it's not like I'm leading you into a prayer. <laughs> it's more of a confirmation or affirmation. Do you know what I'm Does that make sense? It's more confirming in your heart what God is doing, writing his love, his story in your heart. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the testimonies of your saints. Lord, I pray and I claim in the name of Jesus, as I know that it's your desire and by faith, that your people would rise up and declare out loud your goodness and grace. That we would leave this place equipped, encouraged, and ready to go. That we would have a heart of celebration and a heart that's overflowing. That truly we would, whether it's racetrack, at work, or whatever the case may be, overflow with thanksgiving and joy and celebration and give you the glory, and praise your name, and share the good news. And Father, you know the hearts of every single person in this, in, this, in this room this morning. If there's but one person, surely there is. And you have been speaking to their heart, and they know that they're a sinner. They know that they fall short of, their, their, of, of your glory, and they know that you are tugging on their heart to turn from their sin and put their trust in in you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior. God, you're revealing that to them. Trust my son. Let me write my story on your heart. Do so. Speak to God. God, forgive me my sin. I, I don't understand it all, but I, I know it's true. You're telling me it's true. I put my trust in your son this morning. To save me. Write, write your love into my heart right now. I do believe. I do believe in my Savior. I receive it. I accept it. To your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.